All right, good morning, everybody. Bokatov. Today is January 9th, and we're on Daf Samechet Amud Aleph. Today's Samechet. We stop like four lines, five lines, top of the page. Still talking about Yehush Green Koner, not Koner. So here we go. Tashima. Five lines down, top of the page. Samechet Amud Aleph. Tashima. Utvaho umcharo. Okay, so that's the pasuk about stealing the shor oseh. It says you slaughtered it or you sold it. Ma tevicha she'ena chozeret af mechila she'ena chozeret. Just like tevicha, the slaughtering can't be undone. The sale has to be a sale that can't be undone. Now says Mara mechila she'ena chozeret emat. When is that? Right? When is that sale that can't be undone? Ilema lefne yehush. If you want to say the sale took place before the original owner had despair, am I in a hazaret? Why can't the sale be undone? Of course it can be undone because it's still in the possession of the original owner. There was no yush. There was no transfer of ownership over here. Ella, you have to answer la hayush. It has to be talking about after yush. So when there was yush already and then a shinui to shoot to the new to the new purchaser, it's over. Can't get it back. That's the mechidah we're talking about. Now the isakadatach. If you want to tell me that Yehush on its own worked, Amai Mishalem Arba Why would you have to pay four or five the Ganav? Because if, if you tell me Yehush on its own is enough to transfer ownership, that means the Ganav owned it. And we know for sure you're talking about Tevechom Mecharo after, after Yehush. So why would he have to pay four and five if he sold or slaughtered what was already his? Because according to you, Yehush transferred the ownership to the Ganav. Answers back to Gemara. Okay, the Amar of Nachman. Prat leshehikna leshloshim yom. Hachanami prat leshehikna sheloshim yom. Which means Rav Nachman elsewhere stated a rule that when it says over here utvacho umecharo, there has to be a sale that can't be undone. It doesn't do with the ush. It has to be a permanent sale. Which means what? That would exclude a sale that was only for thirty days, which is more like a rental. I sold you the this, the sheep for thirty days. That the Ganav wouldn't pay four or five for. So too over here, that's what we're talking about. Utfacho mecharo, a sale that can't be undone, doesn't mean a sale that can't be undone. It means that the sale has to be a permanent sale, not a temporary sale. And therefore that could be even before Yehush. I sold it as a temporary sale. And therefore the Pasuk is telling me to be Chayav. So no proof. Is that a rental? It's like a rental, exactly. A temporary sale is a rental. Why don't you just call it a rental? Okay, uh, yeah, he, he, so it's not, it's not, it's not, not a rental. I mean, it's not, not a sale. Even a rental is a sale. It's a temporary sale. It's exactly what a rental is. I, I, I sell it to you for a fixed amount of time. If that comes back to me, we call it a rental. It's another word, but it really is just a sale with a temporary expiration on it, right? Okay. I'm saying the Torah uses the word socher, right? The Torah uses the word socher sometimes, yeah. So. Okay. The exclusion over here of Tavachu Machar is to tell you not Socher. That has to be, you sold, Mamash. I mean, don't don't say Machar is talking about uh, a sale that can't be undone. Say, I wrote Macharo, you sold it to tell you it can't be a rental. That's all, what you're saying, right? A temporary sale. Fine. we'll try again. Guy stole something, and then someone comes and stole it from the Ganav. The first Ganav pays owner, the original owner Kefel. The second Ganav only pays principal, right? To the first Ganav. So Ra says, Ganav, case two now. Ganav umachar. Now he stole it and sold it. 
And somebody stole it now from the purchaser. Because he stole and sold. The second ganav <coughs> pays to the purchaser tashlume kefel. Ganav v'tavach. The guy stole it, slaughtered it. Case three now. And somebody came now and stole it. Stole the meat, I guess, right? So, Rishon, Mishalem Tashlume, Arba Ava Hamisha, because he was a Ganav in Tavach. Vasheni, Enu Mishalem Tashlume Kefel. The second Ganav doesn't pay Kefel. Ela, Keren Bilvat. He only pays principal. Okay, so the Gemara is going to play with these three cases. But right now, there's three cases. Okay, so when I says, Ketani Miha, let's look for right now the Mitzi'ata, the middle case, which said, Ganav Umachar, the Ganav stole it, sold it. And then someone else came and stole it from the purchaser. Harishon, the first ganav, Mishalim Tashlume Arba'ava he stole and sold. The second ganav pays double to the purchaser. When I says, Emat, when would we say that this occurred now? If we're talking about before Yeush of the original owner. Sheni, Amai Mishalim Tashlume Kefel. Why would the second ganav pay kefel to the purchaser? If we're saying there was no yeush from the original owner, and then the then the, the ganav had it in his possession, there was no yeush from the owner. The ganav sold it to the purchaser, there's still no yeush from the owner. So all you had over there was a shinui of the shoot without yeush. Nobody says a shinui of the shoot without yeush is koneh, and therefore the purchaser doesn't really own it. So why would you have to pay kefel to the owner to this purchaser? Right? And if since it says that you're paying kefil, the ganav is paying kefil to the purchaser, it had to be that the purchaser actually acquired it. And therefore, the only way that works is that it had to be that the original owner had yeush. And then the ganav sold it. And now the purchaser got it with a yeush and a shinu deshut. Because shinu and a shoot without yeush doesn't work. So the purchaser gets it now after Yehush, and that's why the Baraita says that you have to, the Ganav 2, number 2 Ganav pays the purchaser Kefel. Why? Because that purchaser really acquired it. There was Yehush by owner number 1, and a Shinui to shoot from the Ganav to purchaser, and therefore Yehush plus Shinui to shoot means new ownership. So the, oh, the purchaser now owns it. The Ganav who stole it from him has to pay Kefel to him. Good so far? Assuming the second Ganav does it, Correct. Of course, of course. Then you pay four or five to the, to the to the purchaser. We're saying that the purchaser owns it right now. How that happened? It has to be after Yehush. Can't be with before Yehush. And if you're telling me now that Yehush is Koneh, like you want to say, why would the Ganav have to pay four and five? Right? He sold his own. Why is he paying four and five? Because according to you, Yehush on its own is enough to transfer ownership to the Ganav. So when the Ganav sold it, he sold what was already his. Why is he paying four and five according to you? Vetu. Furthermore, the Katanerisha, the first case in the Baraita, what did it say? Ganav uba acher uginavo. Right? The Ganav stole it, and someone came and stole it from the Ganav. Rishon Mishalem Tashlume Kefel. Vashini Enu Mishalem Ela Keren. Right? He only pays principal. It says Mikhdi. We already explained that this Baraita is talking about after Yehush. And therefore, again, according to you, after Yehush, Ganav number one already owns it. Right? 
he should pay. He should pay. He should pay kefil according to you, because Ganav number one owns it now. The fact that it says that he doesn't pay kefil, Ganav two doesn't pay kefil to Ganav one means that Ganav one doesn't own it. No, but it's after Yehush. But you said Yehush miskoneh. Yeah, problem for you. El alav shmami na Yehush lokani ukashal rav. So the Reisha and the Mitziata problem for Rav. Amarava timeout. You think this baraita is a is a, you know it's it's perfect? It's a baraita that you can use to challenge to challenge Rav. Ha right mitarzetahi. There's a problem with it. Why is there a problem with it? Because if you look at the baraita, you see there's a case in there that doesn't make any sense. Where ela de katane sefa, which you ignored up to this point, that the sefa says ganav v'tavach. Right? So the, the Ganav number one sells it, slaughters it. And then another Ganav comes along and steals it. Steals the meat, I guess, right? Rishon Mishalem Arbaab Tashumi Arbaab Hamisha. Vesheni Eno Mishalem Ela Keren. The second guy, Ganav, is only paying principal. Now, Umi Ika Lemanda Amar Shinui Maase Lokani. If the Ganav number one slaughtered the animal, that is a shinui in the object itself. Everyone says a shinui in the object itself is koneh. Everybody. And therefore, how could you tell me Ganav too, who stole the meat, only pays principal? No way. He has to pay kefel. There was a shinui, there was a shinui in the goof of the object itself. It was slaughtered. And therefore, since the baraita says that Ganav too only pays principal, there's something wrong with this baraita. Because it's impossible. There's no opinion that says you only pay principal for that. It should be it should be kefel. Doesn't matter. Even no, it doesn't matter. It's a shinui maaseh. I don't need yush. It's not the same object anymore. I would have to pay. I would have to pay money, but not return the object anymore. It means the ganav acquired it by slaughtering it. So I don't need yush for that. Everyone agrees shinui maaseh. It's 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 not the same object anymore. So I'm koneh the object. I owe the money, but the object itself is mine. It belongs to the ganav. So why does it say only getting principal? He slaughtered the animal, and he doesn't, he doesn't get kefel. Of course, he gets kefel. Why does it say only principal? Ela leolam kula Rather, now that I showed you that the baraita itself has an inherent problem, I can do whatever I want to this baraita. I can massage it now. I'm going to play with it now to fix my problem. I'm going to you challenge me from Rav with this baraita. The baraita is broken. It doesn't make sense. And once I have to reinterpret the baraita, I can do what I want to it. So they're going to reinterpret the baraita to support Rav. There we go. Ela kula The whole baraita is talking about before Yehush. Ve'epuch sefa l'mitziata u'mitziata l'sefa ve'emahachi. Flip the law, the, the rulings in the middle and the sec- and the last case, and flip them as follows. Read the baraita like this now. Ganav u'machar. The ganav stole the object, sold it. Ubaher u'genavo. And then a second person came and stole it from the purchaser. Harishon mishalem tashlumi arba ave chamisha because he stole and sold, and it's still before Yehush now. Vasheni eno mishalem ela keren. The second guy only pays principal. Like the Baraita said in the third case, make that the second case. Now, why is the second guy not only paying principal? The shinui reshut below Yehush lokani. There's no Yehush over here, and the shinui reshut without Yehush is nothing. And therefore, he doesn't own it, the second Ganav. So you only pay principal, you don't pay Kefel. Fine. And then the, the Sefa case would read as follows. Ganav v'tavach. He sold it, he stole it and slaughtered it. Ubaher v'genavo. And then somebody else comes and steals the meat. Right? Because he stole and slaughtered. And again, it's before Yehush. 
והשני משלם תשלומי כפל. Why? The Kanya Bishinu Masa, because the Ganav who slaughtered it acquired the, the animal by slaughtering it. He's Shinoi Maase, and it's his. So Ganav too now pays Kefil. And therefore, no problem for Rav anymore. The whole Baraita is before Yeush. And it still says the Ganav could acquire. Okay? Rav Papa Amar, another way to fix Rav. Le'olam lo tipuch. No, no, no. You don't need to flip around the Baraita. I'll tell you the Seifa. Where it says you only pay principal is Bet Shamayi. The Ama Shinui Bekuma Omed. Remember that Bet Shamayi, right? We saw yesterday holds that even a Shinui Maaseh doesn't change the ownership. According to Bet Shamayi, so we could say the Baraita, the safe of the Baraita, is Bet Shamayi's opinion, and leave it alone, and then you still have a problem for Reisha. And the Rambam says Ihachi Kasha Reisha Umtziatal Rav. If we're not moving around the laws in the Baraita, and we're leaving the safe as is, and just saying the safe is Bet Shamayi. Then the Reisha and the Mitziata are a problem for Rav, because Rav says Yehush on its own is Koneh, and this Baraita seems to say it's not Koneh. And therefore, Amar Rav Zavid, Le'olam kula lefnei Yehush v'hacha b'may askinan, shenityashua be'alim balokeach v'lo yityashu b'ganav. De'ava le'yehush. Okay, so he says, no, I can tell you now, says our papa, no, no, I don't need to move things around, I can tell you the whole body has before Yehush, and it's still not a problem for Rav. Why not? The Baalim had Yehush when it was sold, but they never had Yehush from the Ganav. Which means, when the when the Ganav sold it, the Baalim didn't have Yehush yet. It was now transferred to the purchaser, then they had Yehush afterwards. And therefore, that everything works, that's why the Ganav doesn't get, uh, doesn't get Kefel, he didn't own it. Because there was no Yehush over there. The Yehush happened later by the Ba'alim, by the purchaser. That's why he does get Yehush. Fine. I'm sorry, that's why he gets Kefel. And therefore it's not a problem for Rav. It's actually exactly what Rav says. The Yehush on its own is enough. And this could be considered Yehush on its own. And what are you going to tell me that the, that the Ganav didn't get the Kefel? Yeah, you know why the Ganav didn't get Kefel in the Baraita? Because the owner didn't have Yehush yet. After the Ganav sold it, that's when the owner had Yehush. Fine. Gabe Ganav, where are we? Fiu Be'yehush Lechudeh Nami Kane Gabe Ganav. El Delo Mishkahat Mishal Metarvayu. Ganav Rishon Veganav Shani El Bahachi. So then why do we set up the Baraita in this manner, right? Because the, the Baraita was looking for a way to show you that the Ganav number one and Ganav number two would both have to pay. And the only way to get there... Right, is to say that the Yush happened at the time that the purchaser had it, instead of the Ganav. Because you tell me Yush on its own is enough to be Koneh. So why why did you wait till the why did you wait until the Yush occurred by the seller? Just tell me that when the Yush was still when the object was still by the Ganav, that's where the Yush was, because that's really what you're trying to teach me. The Yush on its own is enough. But I said, no, no, the reason why we waited for the Yush to to, to occur by the seller is because we wanted to show you a scenario where both Ganav one and two would have to make payments. And therefore the way to happen is the Yush happened later on. And therefore, Ganav 2 pays the, pays, pays the purchaser, Ganav 1 pays the original owner, and the way to get there is because the Yush happened later on as opposed to before. And therefore, it's still not a challenge to Rav, and therefore Rav is still standing. Okay? Good. So there's a mahloket going on. Do you need Yush or not? Or you need Yush plus? Yush plus Shinoi Shem, Yush plus Shinoi Rishut, Yush plus Shinoi Maaseh, or just Shinoi Maaseh on its own? So a bunch of still ones. And therefore, we're still in the middle of this conversation, and the Maaseh is going to continue. Even though there's two dots, it continues. Itma. A person who sells the let's say the ganav sells it before yehush, right? So the original owner hasn't given up yet on it. Ganav sells it. Rav Nachman Amar Hayav. 
Now, Nachman says you have to pay four or five. Even though technically the Ganav didn't own it. Right? And the sale actually is not really a sale because she knew to shoot without Yehush is definitely not a transaction. We saw that already. So this is what's happening over here. If the original owner has no Yehush and the Ganav sells it, so that's a Shinu to shoot without Yehush, which means the sale is not even a real sale. The person who owns it originally could come to the purchaser, take it back. Still says one opinion, Rav Nachman says, Hayav to pay Hamisha. You still pay four or five, even though the sale is not a valid sale. Rav Shishat Amar Patur. Rav Shishat says, no, no. When the Torah says four or five, it's because the guy can't get his sheep back anymore. Because why? Because because this this uh, because there was Yehush and then a Shinu to shoot. But in a case where the sale happened before Yehush, where the original owner can come back to the buyer and say, hey, that's mine, I never had Yehush, give it back to me. You don't pay four or five for that because the sale is not a real sale. That's Rav Shishat's opinion. So Mahloket, when we say, when the Torah says, you have to pay four or five, for selling the uh, the ox or the sheep, is that talking about before Yehush? One more time, Rav Nachman says, even before Yehush, you have to pay four or five. Why? Because the Torah is giving you a penalty. You sold, you stole, and you sold four or five. Rav says, no, no, no. Only a sale that's a real sale, you have to pay four and five for. A sale that's not a real sale because the original owner didn't have Yehush, you don't pay four or five for. Mahlokit. Rav Nachman Amar Hayav. Why? Umcharo Amar Hamana veHazavin. The Torah just said you sold it. Did you sell it? Yes. Oh, it wasn't valid? I don't care if it's valid sale or not. You took money and gave the thing to the guy. You sold it. Finish. End of story. You're going to pay four or five. The, you don't talk to me about technicalities. Did he actually get the ownership? I don't care. You took money. You gave the object. You're paying. That's Rav Nachman. The Torah is not making distinction. It says sold it. Fine. Rav Sheshat Amar no Patur. Says Rav Sheshat, no, 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 you don't understand, Rav Nachman. The Baraita, the, the Torah, when it says, it's talking about a valid sale, just like it's talking about a valid slaughtering. Utvacho means you slaughtered it, that it was valid. Your actions had had the consequences, valid consequences. So too by the sale. It has to be a sale that has valid consequences. In this scenario of a sale before Yehush, that's not valid consequences. That's not a sale. Why? Because the guy who owns it comes back and takes it. And therefore says, Rav Shashat, Patur from 4 or 5. Amar Rav Shashat, let me prove to you that I'm right, says Rav Shashat. The Tanya, listen to the Baraita. Amar Rabi Akiva, why does the Torah say that someone who stole and slaughtered or stole and sold pays four and five? Because he became rooted in sin. Now, says, yesterday, no? Yeah, we did this yesterday. It says, Emat. When is he talking about that we're saying that he became rooted in sin? If you want to say that this is a sale before Yehush, that's not rooted in sin. It's not even a sin because the guy can come get the object back. Right? It must be talking about after Yehush. The Akiva is talking about after Yehush where it was now rooted in sin. Look at Rashi Nishtaresh. All the way at the last bottom Rashi says, Asa Shorashin, Mashma De'ahanu Ma'asav. It made roots, which means it was a valid sale. Mishtaresh. That's the word that he's using. And therefore, it must be that it had to be a valid sale, says Rav Sheshat. 
Okay. Um, no, no, no. That's not the reason why. Nabi Akiva didn't say Nishtaresh. He says, Right? He, he doubled down on his sin. Right? It's not that he, it doesn't mean necessarily mean that the sin that he made was a valid transaction. He just doubled down. He stole it, then he sold it. He fenced the item. That's enough to make him double, obligated. Oh, it was a, you know, did it really answer ownership, get transferred, not get transferred? Says, I don't care about that. Torah is not mapid on transfer of ownership for you. This is a penalty for a guy who stole and sold. Don't bring me technicalities. Did the owner really get it? Not get it? Couldn't kill us, says Rava. Pay four and five. Okay. Tashima, we'll try again. Utvacho o mecharo. Pasuk says you slaughtered it or you sold it. Mativicha she'ena chozeret. Af mechira she'ena chozeret. Right? That's what we saw at the beginning. But I tell you, we saw at the top of the page. Just like the slaughtering can't be undone, the sale also must be a sale that can't be undone. Now, emat, when is this sale that can't be undone taking place? If you want to say before the owner had despair, am I in a hoseret? Why doesn't? It, why can't it be undone? Of course, it can be undone. It's not even a real sale. Ela, you have to say la It's talking about after. Ushmamina chiyuvala hayush. The chiyuv in the pasuk of paying four and five has to be after yeush, because the Torah is comparing the mecher to the tivicha. And just like the tivicha can't be undone, the sale can't be undone. What kind of sale can't be undone? A real sale, not a fake sale. A fake sale that can be undone because there was no yeush is not going to cost four or five payments. That's proof for Shashat Here's the proof that Nachman says, no, it's one we had the answer before, we, we took it from here. Now Nachman says, No, it's talking about over here a sale that was a rental, 30 day rental, right? That's the one that's excluded. But a regular sale that you intended to be a full sale. Forget about it, it was technicality, it was transferred ownership, not transferred ownership. You intended it to be a permanent sale, that's enough to make you chayat. Not when you sold it for a rental. Okay, fine. Rabbi Al-Azhar apparently agrees to Rav Sheshat that the, the requirement to, to pay four and five is only after Yush, not before. Why? How do we know that? I'll prove to you. Right? In general, an object that's stolen from through through Ganav and nobody knows who the Ganav was or where the object is, you just know it was stolen, they automatically have Yeush. Shahare Amra Torah Tavach Umachar Meshalem Tashlume Arba Right? The Torah says that if the Ganav stole it and sold it, or stole it and slaughtered it, he must pay four and five. Now, when says, V'dilma lo i'a'esh. Maybe the original owner didn't have, didn't have Yehush yet. <coughs> didn't have Yehush. Why is the Ganav paying four and five? El alav mishum da'amar stam geneva Yehush ba'alimi. Must be we say that stam geneva is automatic Yehush. Okay? Look at Ashid on the top. Right? It's automatic Yush immediately the minute they find out it was stolen. You came home and you found Law Alino not anybody. The guy came home and found his front door broken open, right? And he finds items in his house missing. Yeah, automatic Yush. How are you getting those items back? They're not coming back. Now, if the Ganav sold to somebody else, that purchaser acquires it immediately. Why? Because now there are two 
factors that contributed to the transfer of ownership. What are they? Number one is Yehush, because we're saying Stam Geneva is automatic Yehush by the owner. And Shinoi Neshut, transfer of possession from the Ganav to the buyer. Now, Umimai, Share Amra, how do I know this is true? Share Amra Torah, Ganav Umachar Mishalem, Arba Avachamisha, Vehad Dilma Lo Iaish Mara, Vilab Mechirai. Maybe there was no Yehush, and that's not really a sale. So why would I pay four and five? Oh, you have to say that stam sale, or I mean stam geneva is automatic yush. So the sale is a real sale automatically. So you see that you only chayav after the yush. Says Rav Rav Rav. So isn't he agreeing with Rav Nachman? Rav Sheshat. He's agreeing with Rav Sheshat. Rav Sheshat. I'm saying so. If if yush is if yush is automatic, then does it really matter? The disagreement is whether there's yush or not. Now he's saying no, but he's saying it's only on a stam. You're right. It's only on a geneva though. There's other types. There's Aveda, there's Gezel. On a Geneva, Stam Geneva, he's saying it's automatic Yehush, according to, according to Biazar. This is Biazar's opinion. Doesn't mean everyone agrees with him. His opinion is Stam Geneva is automatic Yehush. And therefore we're saying that Biazar has to agree to Rav Shashat. Now you want to say, En Nafkamina. Because at the end of the day, once it's automatic Yehush, that's automatic. Rav Nachman would agree with this. You're right. They're, they're, right. You're, you're technically right. Okay, but he's he says that what we see going to be azad is that he has to be holding that the pasuk is telling you that there's automatic yush and therefore the 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 chiyuv is only after the yush because you need to have a real mechira according to him and therefore he's holding he's agreeing to Rav Shashat. You're right in this scenario because there is yush anyway. Rav Nachman is going to agree to the ruling also. Right, but if anyway, if there was any scenario where the nafkamina is that if there's an area where we know there's no yush, correct. Good. That's him. true. Then he would agree with. That's correct. Then he would agree with Rav Shashat. Correct. Okay. Elam, what do we say? Mishum de stam skenevayi ushvalimi. Now, now, v'dilma afal gav de lo yiyaesh. Well, how do you know, really? Maybe, maybe that the Torah is telling you you have to pay four and five for the mechira even without yush. Amre lo sakadatach. It says Rabbi Yehuda doesn't make sense to say that. Why? Dumya de tivicha. Because it's in it's a hekesh in the pasuk to the slaughtering. Ma tevicha de ahanu maasav, af mechira de ahanu maasav. Just like the tevicha is going to be a real transaction, a real a physical change in the object, and it has to be that it, that his actions of the tevicha did something to the object, and the sale also has to be a sale that's going to be affect the transfer of ownership. Right before Yehush, the sale can't do anything. The fact that Torah puts the sale with, in the pasuk with the slaughtering tells me there had to be a real sale, and therefore you have to say, according to Rabbi Azar, there is automatic Yehush on Geneva, and that's why it would work, and that's why it's four and five. You're right in Achanami. If for somehow we knew that the guy didn't have Yehush in a Geneva because he put posters all over the place and he's putting it online and he's making announcements in the newspaper, and you know there's no Yehush, so in Achanami you would agree that it's not a sale, right? Okay. Maybe the pasuk is only talking about in a scenario when we heard the person have Yehush. You wanted to assume that it's Stam automatic Yehush? No, maybe the pasuk is talking about when we know there was Yehush already. You want to say, oh, so the Mechira has to be a Hani Ma'asav, and therefore you wanted to say, oh, because therefore, how do we know? It must be Stam Geneva Zeush. No, maybe the reason the Torah is saying you pay four or five for the theft is because we heard the guy have Yehush when it was stolen. You can't say that. Tevicha on the spot, the guy stole it and slaughtered it right there one, in one second later. 
Are we going to say that that is valid? That he's going to pay four and five? Yes, absolutely. Then the mechira also has to happen even one second later, even before the yush. Can't be. You can't say oh, I have to wait to find out that he had yush or not yush. No, it has to be a sale that can be done right away, just like the tivicha can be done right away. Bichayah four and five. The sale could be has to be a sale that can be done right away and bichayah four and five. How is that? Stam geneva is is yush. Okay. Rav Nachman says, I can prove to you. He says, I mean, Rabbi Yachanan says, I can prove to you also. Why? Because Geneva Banefesh. Geneva Banefesh means kidnapping. Right? Is that when there's kidnapping, the person got kidnapped, does he ever give up on himself of trying to be released? There's never Yehush for kidnapping. Right? You own yourself, and you're never giving up on yourself. Still, the person who kidnapped you and sells you is chayav. Chayav mitaf for kidnapping. Michlal, that what? The savar of Yochanan, lefnei Yehush chayav. Must be the Yochanan is holding that even before Yehush could be chayav. Because over here, he's bringing me a proof from kidnapping where there's never going to be Yehush, and kidnapping is still chayav, so Yehush is an irrelevant factor for the Yochanan. And therefore, even by Geneva, the Yehush should be an irrelevant factor. Why do I care if I stole a person or I stole a, 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 a telephone? There's a difference, according to Yohanan. And therefore, Yehush is a non-factor. And if Yehush is a non-factor, so you could be Chayav for just stealing, for, stel- for stealing and selling, like Rav Nachman. Right? That's Rav Nachman's opinion. It must be Rav Nachman seems to be holding like Rav Nachman. Okay? Because he's holding, what would Rabbi Yohanan say after Yehush? Rabbi Yohanan amal chayav. Reish Lakish amal patur. Rabbi Yohanan says chayav after Yehush. Reish Lakish says patur after Yehush. Now why would he hold patur after Yehush? So look at Rashi. Rashi says, Lachar Yehush mai. He says, Mi svir alay Yehush gereda kani kerav veshelo toveach odilma Yehush lo kani. Right? When he says over here, Yehush, we're talking about Stam Yehush without anything else. So, Rabbi Yohanan, right? What would he hold about just Yehush without Shinu to shoot? That's the question over here. And therefore, Rabbi Yohanan is saying, Chayav, after Yehush, and Rabbi Kish is saying, Patur. Right? Even after Yehush, Patur, because Yehush on its own is not enough. Okay? I don't care if it's before Yehush, it's after Yehush. Torah says Yehayav for selling it. Don't talk to me about technicalities, about transfer of ownership, I don't care. You stole it and you sold it, you're going to pay. Neish Lakish says it's only before Yehush that you be chayav to pay four and five. Why? Because after Yehush on its own, it's enough to be koneh. The ganav now acquired it. So when he stole it, when he sold it or slaughtered it, he slaughtered already something that was already his or sold something that was already his. And therefore, he's not going to pay four and five for that. He's only going to pay four and five when it still belongs to the original owner. Okay? That's Neish Lakish's opinion. Okay? Etivei Rebbe Yohanan Neish Lakish. Challenge. But I tell we had before. He stole it. Oh no, sorry, we didn't have this before. Ganav, he stole it and he was Makdish. Right? So the Ganav says, Korban Then he slaughters it. He has to pay double to the owner. And he 
and he does not pay four and five because why? What he slaughtered belonged to Beit Hamikdash. It didn't belong to the owner anymore because the ganav called it kadosh. Now remember that in order to call something kadosh, it had to be yours. So now the Baraglam wants to know when did this happen? How did the ganav get this object? Right? It was ganav veikdish, and then it was tavach. So it says emat. When did this happen? mi kadosh. It can't be that the Ganav was Magdishit before the original owner had Yehush. Pasuk says, a person who declares his house Kadosh. And therefore, just like his house is his, his and therefore he can make it Kadosh, anything that's going to be declared Kadosh needs to be his. And this Ganav, before Yehush, doesn't own the animal. So he can't make it Kadosh. The Baraita is clearly talking about after Yehush. Right? The reason why he's not paying four and five is because he declared it Kadosh. Right? It's not an Ehu anymore. It's Beta Mikdash's. And therefore he's not going to pay four or five to Beta Mikdash because the Pasuk says you pay four or five to the Ehu. The Ehu Beta Mikdash is not your friend. And therefore once it belonged to Beta Mikdash, he's not paying four and five anymore. So how did it happen? The Ganav stole it. The owner had Yehush. The Ganav was Makdishit. And therefore he owned it. He was allowed to call it Kadosh because he acquired it with Yehush. And then he slaughtered it. He slaughtered it along to the Mikdash. You don't pay four or five. Aval, lo Hikdish, had he not been Makdish, Tavach, Mishalem, Tashlumiar, Ba'ave, Chamisha. Right? Had he not been Makdishit, and you were saying it was after Yehush, and he was not Makdish, the Ganav would have to pay 4 and 5 because the only reason you're not paying 4 and 5 because it was Magdish. So without Hikdash, you would pay 4 and 5. If you want to tell me that Yehush works, Hedesh Lakish, Amai Mishalem, why is he paying 4 and 5? It's his. You just told me Yehush is Koneh. You told me we're talking about after Yehush. Because the only way to make the animal Kadosh has to be after Yehush. And now, so it's after Yehush. And then what? If it's after Yehush and you hold Yehush's corner, then why am I paying four and five? It's mine already. I slaughtered my own. No, no, no. You got the case wrong. You know what happened over here? You think the Ganav made a Kadosh? No, no. It's before Yehush. You know why it's Kadosh? It's not the Ganav that made a Kadosh. It's the owner. The, the, I wake up in the morning, my ox is missing. So I turn around and say, you know what? That ox, wherever it is, Korban Allah. Okay? And it's in the possession of the Ganav. That's why it's Kadosh. And it's before Yehush. And that's why the Ganav, uh, that's why it works. Okay? But I says, Umi Kadosh? Can the owner declare it Kadosh if it's not in his possession? Rabbi Yohanan says, if a person had something stolen and declares it Kadosh, it's not Kadosh. Neither the Ganav nor the neither the Ganav nor the owner can make it Kadosh. The owner can make it Kadosh because it's not in possession. The Ganav can make it Kadosh because it's not his. So you can't explain the Baraita that says it is Kadosh, and that's why you're not paying four and five, right? As the owner made it Kadosh. The owner can't make it Kadosh, it's not in his possession. Amre says the Gemara back, no. Who the Amre, this Tana is holding like the Tsenuin. Okay, what does the Tsenuin hold? 
I mean, they, they disagree with the Rabbi Yohanan because they hold it none. Hatsenoin, people that are pious, manichin et ha-ma'ot. Ve'omrim, kol anilkat mizeh yemechulal ha-ma'ot al-elu. Ve'hare haza, period. So he says, what is this talking about? Now she says, this is talking about a guy who has kerem revai. Fourth year fruits, supposed to be taken to Yerushalayim, and he's worried that people are going to eat from his field. So what he does is, at the end of the day, he says, every anything that was gathered from my field that I don't know about is now transferred the Kiddushah from that those fruits onto this money. Which means even though the fruits are not his possession, they still look at like they're his. And he can transfer the Kiddushah off the fruits onto the money. So so too, the Tanah of this Baraita was holding that even though the owner doesn't have it in his possession, he could still make a Kadosh. Just like over there, he's holding they could remove the Kiddushah even though it's not in his possession. He could put the Kiddushah even though it's not in his possession. And therefore, the Baraita that says... That the that the animal is kadosh and that's why the ganav is not paying four and five because it belongs to Beit Hamikdash is not the ganav declared a kadosh after Yehush no no it's before Yehush oh how to become kadosh the owner made a kadosh oh but it's not his possession yeah he holds like the tzinuim who says you're allowed to make a kadosh even when it's not in your possession okay Mara says time out if you're telling me now that it's still in their possession. That means that you shouldn't have to pay four and five because the principle is this. It's still once they made it kadosh, they got it back. So what's the ganav paying double for? What's he paying four and five for? You tell me that the, the if the if according to the tzinuim the owner is allowed to make it kadosh, that means it's his. It means it wasn't stolen. He decided to make it kadosh. So what's the ganav paying for? Manashas kisha amad bedin. No, no, no. They had judgment already on the ganav. And therefore, the ruling was given that the Ganav has to pay, and he didn't pay back yet, he still has it. The owner called the Kadosh. Mara says, Rabbi says, what's the case that you talk about in this Baraita? If the ruling Gemar Din was Tse Tenlo, Bet Din ruled against this Ganav, go pay back. Right? Tse Tenlo, go pay him. If that was the ruling, then I don't need a case of Hikdish to get rid of the Arba Avachamisha. Even without Hikdish, there would be no more 4 5. Why? Because the Mara says Tse Tenlo is now pay right now. If the guy was after Tsetenlo, he's not a Ganav anymore, he's a Gazlan. Everybody knows who he is. He has the object, it's in his face, he slaughtered in front of you. That's not a Ganav. The Ganav is hiding. This guy's not hiding. The Beddin ruled against him already. He's got to give it back. And therefore, I don't need to talk about Hikdish to get rid of the four and five payment. It can't be a Tsetenlo case. You tell me it's Gmardin. What was the Gmardin? Go pay? Can't be. Why? Because then he's a Gazlan. So the Mara says. You are obligated to pay, right? But if the Betin said you have to pay, they didn't say go pay, they said you have to pay, and he slaughtered then, he does, he does pay the four and five. My ta'ama, what's the reason? Right? Because the Beitin didn't give its final ruling as go pay now, it's like you're obligated to pay. That's not the end end of the Gmardin, and therefore he would still pay 4 5 because he's still considered Ganav, not a Gazlan. So, what's the case you're talking about over here that the owners called it Gadosh and it worked? And you say it's after Gmardin. 
So Mas says, yeah, lot sricha, the Amar le Hayavataliteno, period. The case was that the, the Gmar Din was Hayavataliteno, not Setenlo, so it still belonged to the uh to the uh to the owners. They called it Kadosh. That's the only reason why you wouldn't have the four and five, because they called it Kadosh. Had they not called it Kadosh, the guy would have to pay four and five because it was only Hayavataliten, it wasn't at Setenlo. Fine, and that's the, the case. Kadosh, right? Well, yeah, that's why the owners called the Kadosh, that's why there's no four five payment. Okay, and we'll stop here for today. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen, amen. Baruch Baruch. Refuah Shalim Arich. Upload if you can soon. Yeah, I will. I'm going to put it right now. I'll put it the... Uh, I'll Thank put you. It. Bye. Gotcha.